Me Too Netter, Volume 1, The Great Oracle of Tahuti in the Egyptian System of Spiritual Cultivation. Chapter 2, page 31, uh, bottom of page 31. The conclusion is inescapable. There is no such reality as a Semitic language. What we call Semitic languages are really dialectical variants of African languages. Let's quote a highly regarded Jewish author and professor of sociology at the University of Toronto, Ancient Judaism by Irvin M. Zetlin. On page 19, we read, Concerning Israel's debt to Canaan. Canaanite influenced in ancient Israel. What the Raz Samara evidence shows beyond doubt is that the Canaanites did in fact have an influence upon the culture of Israel. The only question is not whether such an influence existed, but rather its nature and how when it occurred. Beginning with the biblical li literature, it is evident that they are perfected and polished. Perfe edited and polished writings attesting to the existence of literary traditions going back many centuries. These traditions are neither Mesopotamian nor Egyptian, but Canaanite. Just as the Hebrew language developed from the Canaanite, so Hebrew literature built on the Canaanite literature literally literary traditions which had crystallized long before the Israelites had become a people. Israel took over norms and techniques of literary expressions that were established in the most ancient Canaanite dialects. We find first of all many words common to both the Ugartic and the biblical literatures Rosh, Shamanan, Arts, are just a few examples. Mm. So Rosh, R-O-S-H, the head. Shamanim's heaven. Arts, earth, or land are just a few examples. And on page 23, we read, many contemporary biblical scholars continue to take for granted that the Israelites borrowed from the Canaanites almost everything essential. Language, elements of religion, and knowledge of culture agriculture this occurred scholars believe as a result of the well-known phenomena of cultural assimilation denying the historic the history city of a of the book of joshua where it related to where it related that a large number of canaanite city-states were destroyed together with their inhabitants these scholars argued that the joshua narratives are largely functional the Israelites did not conquer Canaan, Canaan in a series of wars. They rather settled gradually in a sparsely populated hill country from the Canaanite centers of powers. The above material was quoted to show how Western historians have played down and have sought to conceal the Canaanite origin of Jewish culture. The reason is obvious. The Canaanites were black. The book of Joshua 
is very important because it contains the fulfillment of Yahweh's promise to give the descendants of Abraham the land of the Canaanites. Yet, excavations concluded at Tel Es Sultan, 1951-1957, through 1957, by the British School of Archaeology, totally disproves the historicity of a Jewish conquest of Canaan. The supposed destruction of the, wa of the walled city of Jericho, leading to the downfall of Canaan, was no more than a creation of priests writing during the exile. The only finding of the dig was a group of walled towns dating way before the Israelite period. Some even dated back to 6800 BC. Let's examine one of the most desperate attempts to whiten the Hamites. The Coptic language is classified by white historians as Semitic. Now, what is the Coptic language? The word Copt is Arabic corruption of the Greek word Egyptos or Egyptos, from which is derived Egypt. The Coptic language is the very same language of the ancient Egyptians with dialectal modifications that survives today in the liturgies of the Coptic. Christian church. In fact, it was spoken in Ethiopia for over a thousand years after the fall of the Kemetan kingdom until the Islamic invasion drove it out of popular use and into the sanctuary of the church. So, if Coptic is Semitic, then the ancient Egyptians are Semitic, and so are the Ethiopians. In fact, all biblical scholars make intensive use of the Coptic language to clarify the meaning of obscure and archaic so-called Semitic words, as well as to understand the writings of the ancient Egyptians. When we study the people of Canaan and Phoencia, we find that in their fashion of dressing and picturing their deities, they followed the Kemetan pattern so closely that oftentimes you could not tell one from the other. If historians classified Coptic language as Semitic in full knowledge, that is the survival of the ancient Kemetan language. Does this not show duplicity at work? But they had to do it on compulsion of the principle that makes a bad lie be followed with the most idiotic of lies, i.e. after having made the Canaanites and Fluencias white, they had to make the ancient Egypt language in its Coptic form Semitic. In all of this, we must not lose sight of the biblical table of nations that tells us that Canaan is descended from Cush. There is much more evidence that can be given on this point, but that would take us beyond our theme. According to the biblical table of nations, another descendant of Cush is summer. We must interpret this as a as meaning that these people originated in the Sudan from where they migrated to Mesopotamia. My theory is that these were authors of the Caden culture, 
which appeared between northern Sudan and southern Egypt from 13,000 and 9,000 BC. The remains of these Paleolithic Africans, including grinding stones and sickle blades, showing that they were already involved in agricultural operations. This conclusion is supported by the findings of wheat-like wheat -like and barley pollen in, area, pollen in the area. I also contend that these same people, having moved out of Nubia due to the desiccation of the Southern Sahara, were also authors of the Mermden Mer Meremden culture in the Egyptian Delta there they exhibit many of the technologies common to the Caden and early Sumerian cultures it is of interest to see how historians treat the subject of the racial identity of the Sumerians whom they agreed are not of the white or Mongolian nor the Far Eastern races. In the first great civilizations on page 37, the eminent historian Jaqueta Hawks describes the Sumerians as follows. Their sculpture suggests that they were round-headed with large noses slightly convexed in profile with well-shaped lips of medium breadth. The description of the nose is slightly convex, is interesting. Of course, she means not straight, but rounded, i.e. broad, wide, negroid. I will let the well-shaped lips speak for themselves. Keeping the fact that the Summerans were ethnically and culturally similar to the Dravidians, original black inhabitants of India, I will quote R.S. Tripathi, who in History of Ancient India on page 15 says about Dravidians that Western Asia is, however, generally supposed to have been their orig original abode. And the similarity of the Dravidian and Sumerian ethnic types undoubtedly lends some color to this view. And on page 30, speaking of the destruction of black civilizations of India by the invading whites, he states, the Aryans were engaged in struggles with the Daos or Dasas. They were carried on with an unceasing relentless for the two people had strong differences, both racial and cultural. The Aryans were tall and fair, and the Dasas were dark-skinned and of short stature. These features were uncouth, being flat-nosed. The characteristics indicate that the Dasas probably belonged to the Dravidian stock. It is, the sh it is a shame that we have to do so much detective work to get to the truth of such issues. The motive for hiding the racial identity of the Sumerians must be found in the fact that they were the source of the Semitic culture. They were the first to teach the Semites how to write their cuneiform script 
mathematics, science, religion, literature, architecture, and all the other critical elements of civilization. Their religious and secular literature, proverbs, proverbs, and myths became the main source of the Semitic, including Jewish religious scriptures. It seems that Western historians have problems admitting to the world that they received the fundamental of civilizations from Negroes. It is just now that the handful of historians are giving credit to Kemet and Summer. What has been dishonestly credited to the Greeks and Hebrews? The importance of dealing with the subject of the racial identity of the great black nations were founded civilizations in this manner who will become more and more evident later in this book. For now, let's realize the following. One, the contemporary major world cultures, religion, religions, and esoteric teachings are adaptations of the cultures of black founders of civilization. Two, these adaptations were veiled the true original values and purpose of the original cultures. Three, as a result of the veiling of the true elements of civilization, the world, suffering from the cultural domination of the Western nations, has fallen into a state of decadence and is verging on the brink of destruction from nuclear war and social decay. Four, the, major, the majority of the material floating around was esoteric teachings, suffers from the same perversions, we will see, for example, that the vast literature of Kabbalistic science is known to date is such distortion of the original traditions that students of the subject can only but fail to achieve the lawfully goals promised by it. Similarly, a great part of the material passing as the spiritual wisdom of India is in reality the work of the white conquerors of India speculating on the black tradition, which is the true foundation of Hindu culture. As the esoteric tradition of, in Europe is based on the above-mentioned traditions, it too is a, in a similar position. Very few people are aware of the fact that the Kabbalistic tradition is in reality a polythesic system. The, the so-called archangels of each sphere of the tree of life are exact correlates to the deities in other traditions. In fact, most of them were taken directly from Canaanite sources long before the formation of Israel. El was the, gen was the generic name for the deity in Canaan. We thus find the term combined with others to denote the various aspects of God. Angel, Angel, Michael, Raphael, Hanel, Elohim, Surel, Archangel. In order to have wisdom, esoteric, mystical, tradition without seeming to be poly, polytheistic, the Hebrews changed the Canaanite, Canaanite Phoenician deities into so-called angels 
virtues, heroes, and names of God. Shaddai, which was a Canaanite deity, appears as the name of God. At the ninth spear of the tree of life, Raphael appears incorrectly as an angel associated to the sixth sphere and so on. A careful study of the literature of the Kabbalah, the Old and New Testament, will reveal that the angels depicted perform most of the functions of the deities of the so-called polytheistic cultures, like Legba of the Yorubas. For example, Raphael, the airy angel, is a mediator between God and the prophets. John L. McKenzie states in his Dictionary of the Bible that the, quote, the conception of the angels in the Gospels does not advance beyond the Old Testament conception and in some ways is less imaginative. The angel is still primarily a messenger or a member of the heavily retuned, and there is not always a sharp distinction between an angel and a personal being and as a personification of the divine world word or the or the divine action end quote i highlighted the latter because it forms the most important part of the statement it is of great importance to find a professor of judo christian divinity referring to the angels as personifications of the divine world the divine world word is of course a reference to the haiku mantras and words of power that are used in other traditions to invoke the angels. This fact underscores one of the greatest shortcomings of Hebrew Kabbalah. While the Hebrew Kabbalah conceals and downplays the fact that angels are to be invoked to possess the spirit of the mediator, the African tradition, the angels are openly invoked. They possess the spirit and borrow the bodies of the mediators to heal, counsel, admonish, teach the community, and carry out many other functions. Hebrew Kabbalists obviously limited by the need to avoid the image of practicing polytheism, which they are indeed practicing, have thus limited and distorted their understanding of Kabbalah. In place of guiding the student of Kabbalah, to a mystical experience of deity itself in order to comprehend the spheres and principles of the tree of life they engage in the student they engage the student in a host of intellectual speculations regarding the realities of the metaphysical world 5 in order to understand the true message of the black founders of civilization, we have to identify the original traditions and separated from the contemporary hybrid cultures. This can only be done by making correspondences to the cultures of the nations that are present day survivors of commit Canaan, summer, etc. These are the contemporary African and black Indian nations. And here ends chapter two, the black founders of civilizations. And this is the end of chapter two. There will be no definitions.